Jesus our Lord is the Word, John 1, 1. Not only is He the messenger of God, He Himself is the message. But when we think about Jesus, He's not just the Word, He's our model. And in no area is He more our model than a model for prayer. Jesus began his public ministry with prayer. Jesus prayed when he was tempted. At virtually every major decision that he would make in the gospel accounts, you and I see Jesus investing time in prayer. And when he goes to the cross, of the seven times scripture records that Jesus spoke, three of them are prayers. A relatively brief ministry, but a ministry full of prayer. Open your Bibles to Matthew 6 and what is commonly called the model prayer or the prayer of example. Let's take just a few moments this evening and look at this prayer. Jesus never said, pray this prayer. But he did, however, say, in this manner, pray. Pray like this, we might say. So when you look at Matthew 6, 9 through 13, what Jesus is talking about is the nuts and bolts, the ingredients for a rich and rewarding life of prayer. I'd like for us to consider two items tonight about this prayer. First of all, it's structure. Because the structure of the prayer tells us a lot about prayer itself. And secondly, the spirit of the prayer. The spirit in which we can and ought to pray as God's people. Let's look first of all at the structure of prayer. We see in this prayer basically a sevenfold structure. And it's easily discerned once you see it and think about it a little bit. First of all, you have an address. Our Father who art in heaven. And then that is followed, the address is followed by a threefold concern. A concern for the name of God, a concern for the kingdom of God, and a concern for the will of God. Don't miss that, because this prayer begins with an incredible God-centeredness. Maybe too many prayers are me-centered, but this prayer first stresses, by way of example and model, a template that God be emphasized in our prayers. A concern for his name, a concern for his kingdom, a concern for his will. Then, secondly, there is a threefold petition. This is a longer section of the prayer. Verses 11 through 13 are quite a few more words in both Greek and English than Matthew 6, 
verses 9 and 10. And in this section, he emphasizes our daily needs. Give us this day our daily bread. He emphasizes our need for forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. Then he mentions a need for direction. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So following this three-part emphasis on God, there, is three, there are three needs. There's an emphasis on three needs that all Christians have. The daily needs and requirements of life, forgiveness, and help from God and direction. That's the structure. But now let's spend a little time dealing with the spirit of this prayer. Though I said there are seven parts to the structure, I'm going to give you eight points here to think about in the spirit. The first part of this prayer is the word our. Our. When we pray, there should be an unselfish spirit. A concern about God and our needs and the needs of others. If you'll notice pronouns after our here, verses 9 and 10 are all singular pronouns. After that word our. Your name your kingdom, your will. See that? And then in the next section about our petitions, the pronouns are all plural. Give us our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation. Or give us our trespasses. After he uses the word our, an unselfish spirit, What's the next word? Our Father. When we pray, there is a family spirit we should stress. We are able to go to the Father through Jesus, our older brother, God's unique Son. The Spirit intercedes for us in our prayers. Romans 8, 26 and 27. Therefore, prayer involves the Trinity, the Godhead, our Father, our Father. The idea is a father-child relationship, a family spirit. The text goes on to say, hallowed be thy name. A reverent spirit. A respectful spirit. When we talk to God, while there is a family spirit that can be and ought to be appreciated, there's also a sense of reverence and respect. Hallowed be your name. Then the text says, your kingdom come. 
And the spirit with which we ought to approach God is a loyal spirit. A loyal spirit. And we can certainly say the kingdom would come in Acts chapter 2. And we've received a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Uh, Hebrews 12, 28. And that we've been translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. Colossians 1, 12 and 13. We can still pray that your kingdom expand. Your kingdom be strengthened. Your kingdom be broadened. And it's really interesting to me that that expression at the end that we'll see of this first part, all about God, you know, God and His name, God and His kingdom, God and His will, on earth as it is in heaven. Your name be glorified and honored on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom be honored and expanded and thought constantly about as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done. When we approach God, we need to have a submissive spirit. I think all of us would pray a whole lot better if we had a submissive spirit. If we can sincerely pray, your will be done. An hour or so ago, I got a phone call from a dear friend and then later a text letting me know that a preacher friend of ours who needed a double lung transplant and it looked as if he was going to get one, the lungs turned out not to be viable. And he has been on life support for the last few days with a genetic disorder that is taking away his ability to breathe. And the last text I got from my preaching friend is, it looks as if he only has minutes left. He's a relatively young man, certainly much younger than I. But to be able to sincerely pray, your will be done, God. That's a submission that's not always so easy to come by, is it? Look again. Give us this day our daily bread. A dependent spirit. A dependent spirit. Forgive us our trespasses, our sins, as we forgive those who trespass or sin against us. A penitent spirit. A heart that's touched by the gravity of sin and wants to make things right with God. And then finally, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. A humble spirit. If you and I can have a spirit like this described by Jesus, our prayer lives will be a lot richer, a lot greater. Let us pray. Father, we come to you on behalf of those that are sick. 
And we come to you with thanksgiving and praise for the improvement in people's lives like Pam Holman and Curtis McLean, like Deborah Cunningham and so many others. God, we also come to you on behalf of those that don't seem to be long for this world, like Ruthie Ewan. We pray for the brother I mentioned earlier as he's on life support. We pray for his family. And Father, in these cases, we can and we should pray for our brothers and sisters and for their faith and for their trust in you and their lives. But God, we also pray for the lost. We pray for those that do not regard your honorable and glorious name, who do not acknowledge that you are the king and your kingdom matters, and who give a little thought to your will. We pray, God, for the lost. And we pray you would use us as instruments of good news to those that are hurting and those that desperately need the gospel whether or not they realize it. We pray for our vacation Bible school this week. May it simply be a ministry that reaches out to the community with the preciousness of your son. And may you be praised. Thank you for the church here, for all of its missionary efforts, the missionaries we support throughout the world, those that are involved in preacher training that we help support, those that are young families that have left this congregation in this area to go and to minister to people in other places, in other communities. God, help all of us to realize that we are missionaries. And we live in a world that doesn't always speak the language that we speak. And so help us to speak in a way that they understand. A world that doesn't understand the culture of Christ and scripture help us to so live and to so serve that people will want to be want to know more about our God and our Lord and Savior forgive us God when we sin against you thank you for making deliverance possible through Jesus and thank you for loving us despite our failures and giving us time to realize the error of our ways so we would come to you in repentance. Thank you for being so patient. Help us to be more compassionate toward all and help us to better understand how compassionate you have been toward us. In the name of Jesus, amen.
we're going to stand and sing our song of encouragement. Should there be anyone present who needs to come to Jesus in baptism, having turned from your sins and confessed his beautiful name, now would be a great time. And for those who are Christians, but maybe just need the prayers of the church for failures, for struggles, for problems, it would be our blessing and privilege to pray with you and for you. Let us stand and sing.